0: Our man, Chris Biederman. Oh, Jesse, I don't know how to fix this. I think I broke it, Jesse. Oh, I got it. I got it. Everything's we're fine. we back. No we no one. back. No one, every, everyone's fine. Uh, Chris Biederman, uh, live in Minneapolis with us here. Uh, we were just talking road trips and cities there during the commercial break, man. Happy that you're with us. Uh, I asked your partner over on the Candlestick Chronicles, uh, Kyle Matson, about this earlier. I'll ask you, what's your concern level on a scale from 1 to 10 with Sacramento and how this season may turn out for them
2: i think it's relatively concerning you, you look at all of the teams that you know there's that um bunch of teams that are in that sort of five through eight spots in the in the west and they're all separated by what two or three games um the kings over the last ten are four and six and among that group that's that's the worst record so um i think it's fair look you got you got to, to be concerned because you know you got De'Aaron Fox banged up he's been banged up for for a significant portion of the season now whether it was ankles his, his ankle early on in the year his shoulder sort of midway through the year he talked about you know needing uh, needing some time during the all-star break to get that shoulder healed and now he's dealing with the knee issue and we'll see if he plays tonight I, I saw him at shoot around Um, I wouldn't say it looked promising but it's it's kind of tough to to judge De'Aaron's gait because um he's kind of got that old man run to him anyway uh even when he is fully healthy but um yeah so i i don't know if he's going to play again tonight but obviously you know if you if you don't have him against minnesota after what we saw wednesday against denver that's pretty concerning so you know for the wor- for the for the for the kings like you really want to avoid being in the play in you, you don't want to get lebron james or steph curry potentially in in a one game scenario so it's a, it's a tough stretch and and it's another tough game tonight so I, I think it's fair to, to be reasonably concerned but um, we know this team can can play as well as anybody in the league on any given night. Um, it's just the inconsistencies that's that have been sort of costing them and have been the story throughout the season so uh, we have a frozen beaterman. Oh,
0: man. And and how fitting. He's in the Twin Cities Damn. and he's froze. Oh. And you know the rules. We got to leave Biederman up on the screen, man. He yeah. just – my man just froze. Everything – and he, he's in, he froze in 4K. Yeah,
3: yeah. Dude, it, like it, it James – get all, uh, you know, uh, pixely.
0: Yeah, James is going to be on dial-up for like 45 <laughs> minutes later on and this is not a solid,
2: freeze. It's a solid freeze right here too, looking out the Minnesota windows out yeah. there. Probably looking at <laughs> nice weather or something. Yeah,
0: probably looking at Prince's house. Like, who knows? And, yeah, just – just a tough look as our as our uh, as our man froze yeah. here, and I and I have a I have a follow up for him because you know he 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 said he, not sure whether it really looked promising, but it's it's hard to tell with De'Aaron mm-hmm. at, at shoot around. I'm curious, like, well, what did it look like the other the other day? Yeah, because when when question. when Beaterman said he was a full goal at um a full goal at uh, warm ups and yeah, I I th- I thought, oh, he's. He's good. Uh, Biederman is thawed out. He's back with us. Um, <laughs> you, you, I, I had just told the guys, but you, you said he weren't really, uh, may not really be promising for De'Aaron. What did you think when you saw him the other night in Denver? Because when you <laughs> tweeted that uh, he was a full participant, we were on the air. I was like, oh, full he, 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 he gonna play, and so I was really surprised yeah. when you reported later on that he didn't or wouldn't.
2: Yeah, um, it's hard to say. Like he, uh, he, like like I said, he's he's kind of got that old man gait to him, even when he's healthy. So he's he's kind of got that herky jerky. Um, but he didn't look great at, at shoot around today, um, and and it's kind of similar. Like he was, like you said, he was a full participant Wednesday, and then ended up not playing, um, and and that was decided I don't know roughly an hour before the game, on Wednesday. Um, so I haven't gotten to talk to him yet. I, I tried to talk to him at shoot around. Uh, that didn't happen. so we'll we'll find out again today. um but it I, I didn't think he looked great today. Um, mm. just be, being honest, but maybe maybe he feels better. maybe he doesn't. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to him before the game today, hopefully and and get a better feel for it. but um yeah, I'm not sure. We'll find out.
3: did you um did you did you think on Wednesday that the Kings had a chance to win before that game without De'Aaron fox because I, 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 I asked that because, <laughs> A lot of people seem to be, um, like, they're, they're just like, oh, man, Wednesday was so alarming or whatever. Like, this is this is super concerning. And if you ask probably everybody before the game, like, hey, Fox isn't playing. You think they're going to win? They'd probably say no. So, like, what was it the fact that they were leading and they lost the lead so quick and then they got blown out? That was alarming? I, I don't know. I think me and Damian were the only ones that just kind of, came away from that saying it was just a loss you move on to the next game everybody else seemed to think it was a um it was a reprimandum on what this team is going to do for the
2: rest of the season did you feel that way no i i didn't because i thought the nuggets played really really well and you and you look at the stretch that they've been on recently um since the kings went to denver and beat them in the last game before the all-star break they've been the best team in basketball and look like they're in championship form. And frankly, that looked like championship type basketball that they played against Sacramento in the second and third quarters of that game. And it also happened to come when Darren Fox was sidelined. So um, if, you know, if if you're wondering whether or not the Kings can beat the Nuggets in a playoff series, then I think, then I think it was alarming, just given how good the Nuggets are, it's, it's less about the Kings. Um, But after the game, there were, pretty clear signs of frustration in the locker room. And, and I wrote about it a little bit for the B like Kevin Herter had mentioned, you know, I asked him about the second and third quarter and what went wrong. And he said, you know, I wish I was out there more. And and Kevin is usually pretty measured in, um, in what he says. And it was, I, you know, I haven't had a chance to follow up with him yet, but it was an admission that he wasn't exactly happy with his minutes in in that scenario. And and I've talked to him earlier in the year and he said, you know, this year is a roller coaster and, um, obviously his numbers have been inconsistent. He he lost his his starting spot. Uh, I think it was late December through you know five games in early January. Um, he's obviously been mentioned in trade rumors. And then, you know, I, I talked to Demonis Sabonis on on Wednesday after the game, and and he said he didn't think they had good coverages. Um, and he he didn't really elaborate you know, defensively. He didn't really elaborate on whether or not that was a coaching thing or an execution thing. Um, but the guys were 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 pretty frustrated with without when it It wasn't one of those, uh, yeah, we were, we were shorthanded against the defending champs. That was, that was kind of to be expected. There was, there was a lot of frustration in that locker room I thought. And, um, and I'm curious to follow up with the, with the guys on it today. Um, but that, that to me, like we've seen the Kings, the vibes have been good, right? Like since Mike Brown has gotten here, the vibes have been overwhelmingly positive throughout the vast majority of, of, you know, his year and a half here. Um, but I wonder if there if things don't go their way down the stretch here, if, if that's going to be something to worry about from a locker room perspective, or if, if this team has enough you know physical or so, um, emotional resolve to, to handle something like that.
0: I, I can't front that gives me a little- um of confidence is the word mm-hmm. I, 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 that makes me feel a little good about tonight's game. That they fact, didn't just yeah. like, Oh, it's
3: just another game. They were kind yeah, of
0: The fact that it. they, and, and, and Domas kind of said something post game. He talked about the guys being measured. I, I, it, of course he said it to you um, about, we could have done a little bit better with our, our game plans uh, for some of their key guys I- indicating like mm-hmm. this whole thing was off a little bit against Denver the other night. And yeah, you know, we could talk about the Kevin Herter stuff in a minute, but given the fact that those guys were really upset following that game, that actually gives me a a, a little a little confidence that they'll they know the te- they they know that this is another really tall task ahead of them, and they're not willing to lie down for it just because Minnesota's the top or a top team in the Western Conference.
2: Yeah, because I, I think that's a good point, and and you look at some of the disappointing losses that they've had. Um, you know, they. When they lose to, you know, like Detroit, like obviously they're frustrated, but it never really felt they, they it's kind of been like, oh, it's one of one of 82. Right. It's it, these things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the NBA. You, you got to play well against everybody there. There hasn't been a feeling that this team, at least from my perspective, that this team is like really upset about any of those losses that they've had. And I do think he, if you wanted to, to, you know, sort of spin it positively, you could say, all right, it's good to see them being emotional about losing at this point, because I, I think they I don't know if it's a leadership thing like De'Aaron Fox is not an overly emotional dude. I mean, we see him we see him get emotional on the court now and again. But like when he's talking to us in the locker room, he's definitely not the type who, who gets overly emotional or, or who reacts too high or too low one way or another. Um, and, you know, that, I think the Kings overall, uh, the, the team kind of reflects that. Um, and I, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But I think for them to show emotion after losing is a little bit of a change. And to your point, probably a positive one, because they, you know, they, they have around the same record that they had last year, obviously, last year went a lot better for them, given where they were in the standings. But now, you know, they're, they're really fighting for their lives in terms of trying to get a top six seed and, avoid, and avoiding the play-in. So I, I do think you can make a case that it's good for them to feel emotional um, after losing a game like they did Wednesday against Denver because, you know, these games really matter. This is, this is a really important stretch. Obviously, there's, those are important opponents in the Western Conference to play. And, uh, and given that, you know, these other teams that they're grouped up with are starting to play better, including the teams behind them and the Lakers and the Warriors, um, who are in that, those nice ninth and 10th spots. It's a, it's a really important time for, for them to, to get it together. Hey, Chris, the
3: schedule is the schedule. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I, I've said for a while now, I don't think a lot enough maybe has been made about what the Kings have had to deal with the last two months, the way the schedule is broken for them. Not a lot yeah. of home games, a lot of long road trips. Um, when they get home, it's usually like, They came off a seven-game home uh, road trip. They're home for two games, and then they got to go out for another three or four games. And it's going to balance out a little bit here in March. And I think that is going to be the time to make the move. If I was being – if I was plotting this out a little bit, like, hey, keep your head above water in that tough January and February because it gets a little murky, not home a lot or whatever. Keep your head above water. Put yourself in position – to really make that run in March when they, they I think fifteen of their last twenty four games are at home, I think it is. Um, and that's where they're at. That's what they've done. You know, people may not like it. I don't like it. But hey, you're kept your head above water. And now you've got to the point where you're in a situation where you I don't want to say control your own destiny, but you do in these final games with a lot of home games coming up.
2: Yeah, I would agree. Like you look at the January and February schedule, there was I think it was a five game road trip with two at home. And then they went out on the road for seven more. Um, And, you know, this trip they're after this trip, they're currently on. They only have two more trips where they play more than one road game uh, on each trip. Right. So they have they have two East Coast swings um, and it's all basically all West Coast road games or just home games for the rest of the way. So yeah, it's an opportunity for them, and and it's an opportunity for them to to play. I think with more force at home. Like you know, they they've let far too many teams, particularly bad teams and or teams you know missing their top guys, come onto their home floor and outplay them. Um, and so having having a stretch where you do have a lot of home games allows you to get into a rhythm, um, allows you to play with more force, and and allows you to sort of solidify. Where Where you're going to be in the standings to to your point, I think it's a great one that like they they have an opportunity. and and they know that. Like, regardless of how tonight goes, you know, you have a you have a winnable game on Monday against Chicago. You have a trip to play the Lakers, which is going to be a really important game, given that right now you're only separated by a game and a half, right? Um But, yeah, they need to take advantage of what of what they have with the schedule. Um And I think one of the frustrating things about them for for this season is that, You know they haven't really done that it doesn't feel like it you know as loud as golden one center is and and as good as uh, of an atmosphere as it is um it doesn't feel like teams are all that worried about coming in and and playing there and and i think that's um that that speaks to just i I don't know like the kings have talked about it over and over again that sometimes they feel like they can just kind of cruise to to wins at home and and it'll come back to bite them but they'll have an opportunity now with all these home games to to get it right and uh and they're gonna have to take advantage
0: Chris, why do you think they haven't been able to take advantage of these moments this season? It feels like, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs with with Sacramento this year.
2: I I think it's urgency. Like, when they play, like, I think about that Clipper game, um, what was it, Sunday, right? That felt like the most urgency that they've played with. Um, And when I say urgency, how that manifests is, like, physicality on defense, um, getting out to three-point shooters, not not getting burned by by, you know, dribblers to the lane where the defense has to collapse, and then you leave shooters out open on the perimeter. Um, I think it's I think it's just kind of an urgency thing. And I think the kings know that they can score, um but sometimes, and and I think it's just in the back of their head that you know we're gonna go on a run here at some point. So you know we're we're gonna score at some point. And I think that just the league's too good to have that mindset. You just have to have that that mindset where you have to bring every minute you're on the floor of, of, every game. And Mike Brown talked about it last year. Like and I've said it to you guys a bunch of times, but I think it's probably the most important thing that Mike Brown said is that, you know, it's easy to go from bad to good. It's really hard to go from good to great. And that's the battle the Kings are fighting right now because going from good to great is about consistency. And he's talked about it with Aaron Fox. He's talked about it um, with his roster as a whole. It's just the consistency to play the defense with the intensity and the physicality game in and game out that you need to, to win games um, is really been this team's biggest issue. And I I think it's, it's kind of as simple as that. And I don't know what switch you have to flip to, to improve that. I think that's one of the more confounding things about this team is that, you know, it's been talked about the answers in front of everybody, but, but they just haven't really done it on a consistent basis. And until they do, it doesn't, it it feels like this is kind of going to be where they are um as long as the Western conference continues to, to be as form- formidable as it is do
3: you um what do you feel about this team do you think they can get into that top six do you think I think they, they will? can Nice. Nah, see I knew you were gonna say that do you think they will get into the
2: top six? so I think they will um I mean if they're if they're healthy uh, that's tough uh i I would need to do a dive on, on the rest of the schedule, but I mean, they should like, they, they, they honestly should. They, De'Aaron Fox, you know, I think Kevin Herter, uh, he went on the, the point forward podcast. So I was watching that clip before I came on with you guys saying that De'Aaron Fox is a top three point guard in the league. I, I agree with them. Um, I think, you know, what Demonis Sabonis brings them offensively is obviously, you know, he's, he's one of the most important offensive players in the league. When you just look to the value to his team relative to, you know, what the team does and what the team relies on. Um, but, you know, can can you get a consistent stretch from Keegan Murray where he's scoring 20 points a game for weeks on end, right? Can you get a consistent stretch from Malik Monk where, you know, it's, it's 15, 20 points nightly instead of, you know, 25, 30, and then six the next night, right? Like it's – there are just so many players outside of Fox – um, just are kind of riding this roller coaster of a season and you haven't gotten all of them sort of firing on all cylinders at once. And and maybe that'll come. And if that comes, the Kings are a really, really hard team to beat um, when they have the full, you know, when you get, when you're getting Trey Lyles hitting four threes off the bench and Malik Monk scoring 20 points and running pick and rolls with Domas and you're getting, you know, double digits in the fourth quarter from Fox. Like the Kings are just really, really difficult to beat no matter how they're playing defensively. Um, but, Offensively, it's been a little bit uneven, and and you have I would say three, four, five guys that you can point to that have kind of had roller coaster seasons offensively, and I think that's 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 a serious issue in terms of how you look at them and in, in terms of getting to the six seed. So right now, I would say you know, I, I would lean no, just because of how how thick that grouping is in in the West that the, everyone they're contending with, and you have teams that have won playoff series um, where the Kings are still trying to find their footing and do that this year. Um, so, you know, not to be like Debbie Downer, but I, I just, it's hard to, given, given what I saw, maybe, maybe my opinions colored too much by, you know, the heat game, uh, on Monday and then the Denver game Wednesday. Um, but for right now, I would say it's, it's looking difficult, but if they go on a run where they win five straight games, maybe I change my mind.
0: You mentioned Keegan Murray there a minute ago. We talked, uh, quite a bit throughout the week, um, about Keegan's second year? How would you evaluate? You've been covering this team for two years now. How would you evaluate Keegan Murray's second year?
2: You definitely see flashes of, of a, like growth in his game, growth and evolution in his game, right? Like last year, he was mostly used as as a spot-up shooter. and And I think that's one of the transitions that the Kings have been making this year is, they're relying on Keegan to be more of a secondary playmaker, to be a driver, to use a mid-range game. Um, and the cost of that has kind of been to Kevin Herter, right? Because Kevin Herter was getting a lot of dribble handoff stuff, a lot, of, um, a lot of pick and rolls with Sabonis. And now Herter is sort of the guy that, um, that is on the other end of Keegan Murray getting more opportunities on offense. And that's, that's one of the transitions the Kings are going through overall. Um, but I would say Keegan, it, it's the flashes have definitely been there. Um, and he's, his game is far more well-rounded offensively than it was. And, and I think that that all goes back to summer league. And that was the main top, talking point when when Keegan was playing really well in summer league for those two games, three games, whatever it was. But I would say the consistency is the thing, right? Like when, when you don't have De'Aaron Fox Wednesday in Denver, you look at the first quarter and you say, oh, Keegan's aggressive. Like maybe if Keegan – you know, if Keegan scores thirty or forty points here and and is hot from three, like this, maybe the Kings can make this a game and make up for what they're missing without De'Aaron Fox, and then after the the first quarter, it just kind of goes away. And so I think that's that's really the next big challenge for Keegan is how can he adjust when he's the focal point of a team's defense, right? Because Denver's a really really good defensive team, and they don't really have any weaknesses defensively. I'm talk about Jokic a little bit, but he's not. He's not the defensive liability he was earlier in his career, um, but when you're playing a really good team in a high leverage situation, can Keegan Murray be a go-to scorer? Um, because you know Mike Brown said it over and over again. That's what the Kings need to take that next step, and you see signs of it, but you haven't seen it. Um, you haven't seen it for any extended period. And I think, I think you know Keegan's, I, I'm optimistic about Keegan getting there. I just think maybe right now when he's what 22 years old. It might be tough to get that from him at this point in his career. But next year, the year after that, um, I could definitely see Keegan evolving into that secondary score that pushes the Kings to a different level. Um, Because right now, you know, even uh, Sabonis scores plenty, but he's not a guy who can create his own offense when, you know, De'Aaron Fox is taken out of a player. De'Aaron Fox isn't playing, right? So that's what the Kings need from Keegan. I think he's shown signs of his game evolving and improving. But it hasn't been there to the point that the Kings need it just yet.
3: Last question from me. Do you, do you look at this situation with Kevin Herter? And we, we've said a number of different times on here that they need Kevin Herter to do what they want to do. Do you see the relationship or the up-and-down nature of playing time? And do you see that changing
2: between Kevin and Mike Brown? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Um, I think it starts defensively, right? Because it's, it feels like whenever Kevin Herter is taken out of a game and, and just kind of relegated to the bench, it's because he's Mike Brown is going to a better defensive option, whether it's Chris Duarte or, you know, Kessler Edwards even. Um, so if Kevin Herter improves his play defensively, that will allow him to get more opportunities to stay on the court. Unlike Wednesday where he had a turnover. He missed a couple free throws. Um, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well, and then you know sat the was taken out with eight minutes left in the third quarter and didn't go back into the game. Um, and in part, obviously, Mike Brown emptied the bench in the fourth quarter, so that's that's obviously part yeah. of that. But um, I, it's tough. I I think Herders had one of those difficult seasons where the expectations last year were so high, given um how well he played in spurts and given how important his shooting was to to the offense and for him to kind of I don't know if taking a back seat is the right way to put it but to be on the other side of them saying to Keegan Murray all right you're gonna take more more offensive responsibility and and Kevin's gonna be more of the spot-up shooter now um he's just a rhythm player and he's struggled to get in rhythm all year and I think you know I think the trade deadline stuff and all the rumors and all the discussion, I, I think that got to him. and And you know, I haven't heard that specifically, but to you know talking to Kevin and have him say this season's been a roller coaster for him emotionally, you know, reading between the lines that that's kind of what that's kind of where, where my head goes is that like you're part of, you know, you see your, your offensive role um, get get sort of limited after having a really good season last year. You're mentioned in all these trade rumors. They end up keeping you and not dealing you, um, but you're still going to be in all those trade rumors in the offseason, and, and he might see the writing on the wall long-term potentially. Um, but he's very much a rhythm player, and he's talked about how difficult it's been for him to get in a rhythm this year. Um, and, you know, until that changes, and I think for him to get in a rhythm, he's going to have to improve defensively to get those opportunities to play in a rhythm right so um, that's that's where I think his focus needs to come because he's the type of shooter who can get hot um, really at any moment and if he if he really focuses on defense and plays well defensively then Mike Brown might be willing to stick with him more and then those shooting numbers could potentially come back up for him
3: Uh, uh, real quick the crazy thing about Mike Brown playing it that way is it almost never works? Yeah, <laughs> like you're like, oh, I'm gonna teach him a lesson and go with a better defensive line. Yeah. You don't win, and it doesn't make Herter better. Mm-hmm.
2: So what are we really doing?
3: It's frustrating.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's fair, and it's definitely something you know. Mike, Mike Brown spoke last night um, before the players did, and obviously had I had I gotten you know had I spoken to Herter and then Mike Brown, I would asked him about that, and and I plan on asking him about it tonight and see you know, I'll see what he says. Um, But yeah, it's, it's been, you know, I think when it comes to progression in the NBA, it's never quite linear, right? Like it's easy to look back and see the team, the Kings be a three seed last year and just assume, all right, they're, they're going to be better next year because they're a young team and they'll, they'll have, you know, more time together, but the West got a lot better and, you know, the Kings have had to deal with some injuries, whether it's Fox or, um, you know, and, and, and other things like it's, it's just hard to continuously ride that same trajectory. And, and i think the kings are learning that and uh, i think ultimately they'll be better for it long term but right now i think they're definitely in one of those difficult stretches to be fair to herter
0: it's perfectly okay to be frustrated mm-hmm. like the season that he's had dating oh, like at yeah. the training camp and all right. of that stuff like it's but but we said and, and i think our frustration lies with you, we said at the trade deadline or excuse me not the trade deadline um the all-star break mm-hmm. one of the most important components to the rest of this stretch chris is they've got to – Mike and Kevin, whatever is going on or has been going on, those two need to get on the same page because, mm-hmm. like, Casey, like we need Kevin Herter to be a certain type of player for the Kings to get where they want to go. And now we're, like, three games into this. And Chris is right. The the context is important. Like, Mike didn't play anyone. He played Domas long enough to get a rebound. Right. He didn't play anyone in the fourth quarter. But it felt like Herter kind of was already out. Right. And yeah. it's like, yeah. no, nah, this is not what – this. we do not need this. Yeah.
2: Well, one of the reasons why Malik Monk works with Mike Brown is because Malik will go right at Mike, yeah. right? Like Malik will go at Mike, and they have enough respect to where, you know, they they might be yelling at each other during a game, but then they'll talk about it afterwards and hammer it out, and and that dynamic is is healthy. And if you talk to Malik about it, it'll say, "Yeah, I love Mike, but like we'll yell at each other, but it's all good." I don't know that Kevin and Mike have that have that same rapport, and I don't know that Kevin's built that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't know, I don't know if maybe he should yell at Mike or, or if he should go at Mike the same way Malik does. I don't know that that's necessarily in his personality, but I I think that's, that's one of the stark, stark differences between those two guys is Malik will go right back at you or Kevin, you know, might not take to the hard lessons in the, in the same way.
0: Great stuff, Chris. We know you got a long night ahead, man. Thanks for carving out Mm a pretty good amount of time with us, man. We really appreciate you, my friend
2: yeah for sure sorry about this uh hotel wi-fi oh man it was great
0: just 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 one little hiccup nice little reset and you're back in 4k
2: man it was perfect perfect man i appreciate you guys thanks for having me